Today's lesson, we have, we have an interesting connection that is made between the poor widow of Jerusalem who put what little she had in the temple collection and the poor widow of Zarephath who during a terrible famine used the very last of her food to bake a cake for the prophet Elijah. In both cases, the faith of these women, their simple trust, one for them praise on high, while the wealthy and the privileged had turned a deaf ear on the word of God. Zarephath, in our first reading, was an ancient seaport on the Mediterranean coast. Today we would find it in southern Lebanon. There the prophet Elijah had come during a time of terrible famine some thousand years before Christ and approached a woman who was out gathering sticks in order to make a last meal, to cook up, to start a fire to make a last meal for her son and for herself. And Elijah said to her, do not worry, but first, would, would you make me some bread? And she did so. And for her faithfulness, her flour and her oil remained supplied for the next year. That woman had one more last test of faith to endure. Because in the next verses, in 1 Kings 17, in those next verses, her son dies. And she thinks that it is because of her sin that God had sent Elijah and judgment to her house. But Elijah prays to God and he brings the son back to life and he restores him to his mother. And so she believed that Elijah was truly speaking God's words. So today, let us say a little about Elijah. Since apostolic tradition bears witness that we have not seen the last of Elijah. Elijah was regarded as the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. He was called to resist a wicked and faithless generation led by King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. These would be the worst of the worst. There are no monarchs in the Bible worse than Ahab and Jezebel. They had turned the people from the worship of Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They turned them from the worship of Yahweh to the worship of a pagan god named Baal, who seemed a better fit for their sinful lifestyles. And God called Elijah. Indeed, the name Elijah it's, itself says everything, because in Hebrew, Elijah means God is Yahweh. Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal 
to call down fire from heaven on Mount Carmel. And this has to be one of the most dramatic moments in scripture when the priests of Baal begged them, begged their God to send fire down on the offering. And then Elijah prayed a simple prayer and the whole thing was consumed with fire. And the judgment of God came down to purge Israel of this evil. When Elijah's time of service was finished, he gave his mantle of prophecy to his prophet, his disciple, Elisha. And then God whisked him off to heaven on a chariot in a whirlwind. And because Elijah did not die, but was translated to heaven, the prophet Malachi said that Elijah would now be available to return and to usher in the great and terrible day of the Lord. And indeed, in this context, Elijah's name is invoked often in the New Testament. When Jesus began his public ministry, the people initially thought that it was Elijah who had returned. And Jesus had to correct them by saying, no, Elijah is represented by John the Baptist. He's the one that comes to announce the coming of the Messiah. The disciples were astonished when they were on Mount Tabor for the transfiguration to see Jesus conversing with Moses and Elijah. And some thought Jesus was crying out to Elijah from the cross when he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. When Jesus preached in his home synagogue in Nazareth early in his ministry, the hometown crowd came and they were expecting miracles because they heard that Jesus was performing miracles over in Capernaum. But Jesus reminded them that there were many widows during the three and a half year famine of Elijah's time. But it was to one particular widow only that Elijah came. So faith had to have something to do with it, not just interest in somebody working wonders. And the congregation, when they heard this, they became enraged and they tried to throw Jesus off the cliff. And in the beautiful words of, um, of, of the story, Jesus passes through them unharmed. In a time of so many false gods and so much faithlessness all about us, it is easy for us as Catholics to lose heart. It happened to Elijah. Elijah became so discouraged and he hid in a cave when he learned that wicked Jezebel had hired an assassination squad to go out and get him. God appeared to him then and it was a spectacular scene. Violent winds 
that split the mountain in half. Fire and an earthquake. But God appeared to him not in the howling winds, nor in the earthquake, or nor in the fire, but in a still, small voice. Elijah lamented, I am alone. I'm the only one left, Lord. No, you are not, the Lord answered. There are 7,000 faithful souls left in Israel. Together with you, you shall all stand firm as my faithful people and win the victory. And you know, this is one of the purposes of Catholic unity, that we stand united so that we are able to more effectively resist evil in the world and witness to the truth of Christ. Elijah is the great prophet who appears before the coming of the Lord. And in the Christian imagination, Elijah is expected to play an important part in those last days before Jesus comes again. He is sometimes identified as one of the two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11. That is on the eve of the last battle, the very last battle, when the archangel Michael will come with his forces and fight Satan and defeat him and heaven will be, the rule of heaven will be instituted. And the church has believed that Elijah would be one of those witnesses. Let us listen carefully then in the way that the poor widow of Zarephath did in our first reading. For she knew that she was visited by a man on a mission from God. And we are approaching that time in the liturgical season when the key word is vigilance. This is God's world. This is not man's world to redefine as he wishes. And God will come again. Christ will come again, we say in the creed. Let us remember the example of these two widows in today's lesson, who were poor in the things of this world, but rich in the things of the world to come. And as St. Francis of Assisi would say to his brothers, while we have time, let us do good, because the harvest indeed draws nigh. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.